In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Welcome to the Man Card Podcast and our mission to build an army of men in the arena who are becoming the best version of themselves in changing their world. Males are born. Men are made. We're going to separate the men from the boys. A man is as a man does. We want to help you to become the best version of you. Theodore Roosevelt spoke about this rare breed, saying the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. That's awesome. The man card belongs to those protecting integrity, fighting apathy, pursuing God passionately, leading courageously, and finishing strong. A man is as a man does. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we We salute you. you. Guys, we honor you for grinding it out in the stress bubble of life. Males retreat into the anonymous bleachers, but you've jumped in the arena and into the fray of manhood. And for that, we thank you. Guys, we thank you today for listening to this episode of the Man Card Podcast, where we interview manhood specialists who will inspire you to become the best version of you. Guys, I'm pumped that you're listening today. Our goal, guys, is to call you out to call you out of every obstacle hindering you, to call you into the arena, and to call you up to your highest levels of manhood and your best version. I'm Jim Ramos, and I'm here with the mix master, Dr. Pat George. How you doing, Doc? Good morning, man. Good. I like that nice uh, salmon. We don't call that pink. It's no, salmon. It's salmon. Salmon. Salmon shirt. All right. Looking sweet. Callaway. Callaway. Salmon colored golf shirt. So you can, can don't get hit on the golf course. Sweet. And I'm, of course, I'm here with our producer, co-host, and the backbone of the MCP, Dale Culver. Como estas, ese? Muy bien, muy bien. What's going on, man? I'm just uh, pumped with all the cool stuff that's going on with everything that we got going on, man. Just getting back from Boston after going over there twice. Uh, I think we could drive to the airport now without killing each other. To Worcester? Maybe. Worcester? Maybe. Worcester. Now when I get a turkey yeah. for Thanksgiving, I can call it a butterball. Butterball, <laughs> yeah. That's right. Are you a knock? Knock? You know, knock. N-A-I-K. Okay, what's the name of that knock movie? Knock the Heat. You're, the Heat, yeah, you're doing it. Oh, my oh, gosh. hilarious. I love it. I love to- <laughs> listening to them talk. Yeah. It's we're, just We're so going to awesome. get some Bostonians on the podcast oh, yeah, here we're soon. Just, we're going to get them on here just to see how they pronounce their R's. Yeah, yeah. just to listen to them. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's, that was so fun. That was just a great weekend, man. We just took that was a great weekend with those guys. And I love those guys on the East Coast. Check out the Springfield Armory, man. That was legit. That was really cool. Every gun that was fought, used to fight in a war in America, 
was made. George Washington said, right here, we're going to build this complex to build these guns. That was legit. That was pretty cool. We thought it was where Springfield made their guns. It's not. It was a National Armory. Right. And on the Connecticut River, you have Browning, Smith & Wesson, Winchester, Remington, Savage. All these gun companies are along the Connecticut River because strategically – they had to be close to water, right, to, for the foundries. And in order for them to sell their guns to the United States Armory, they had to be close enough to the Armory so the Armory could test the weapons because no gun could be approved unless it went through the Armory. Pretty oh. awesome story. Highlight of the trip, man. I don't know. That pa- potato pizza at O'Connor's was my highlight that of the trip. That was pretty legit, too. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, my highlight. And so. the shepherd's pie. Well that, well, that was your highlight. You didn't let me have any of your shepherd's pie. You took some. Too busy having a lobster took salad. My flaky crust off of it. Lobster salad. Good, good diet choice. Yep, but Shepherd's I had a bad pie. diet choice with the I'm potato pizza. I'm pretty sure it was a lobster and you, salad. It was a lo- a lobster I'm sorry, salad. it was not a lobster salad. I did not have a lobster salad. By the time they catch them, they lose the R's. Oh, it's yeah. like in, yeah. in California, the almonds they don't they don't pronounce almonds. almond almond. They pronounce it almond because they tell me they beat the L out of them. So yeah, oh, there you funny. go. Yeah, <laughs> almond almond. Oh my gosh! All, All right. right, you got a man word for me today, man? Yep, free. Okay, I was going to guess purity. Yeah, well, thanks for giving me a chance. Yeah, no, I didn't want to see you like struggle. So free. I wish you would have said freedom. I could have done my brave art imitation. Well, freedom. I thought of that, but um, we need to be free from anything that can hinder us from uh, doing or fulfilling our fullest potential. Well, and that's the thing is like our best version requires total freedom on our part, Mm -hmm. but we get so content with living in partial freedom and becoming a good version. Or a better version, and a better version to me is still a broken version. That's right? right. And so I believe that you can be free even in the midst of being a person who's a sinner or a person who's not perfect. You can still be free to perfectly love God and reach your full potential. So, I mean, I, I totally agree with that. And so that that's the whole deal with us calling guys out mm-hmm. is we want them to recognize, hey, I've got this area in my life where I'm not free. You know, I'm getting ready for this death ruck, 44-mile <laughs> hike. Uh, with a group of guys. We got a guy just signed up from Worcester. 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 Guy just signed up from Worcester. And so we've got these guys coming in from all over the country. And I'm I'm quite frankly a little nervous because because I'm not completely free. I've got about 80 pounds of body fat trying to hump around the hills. So anyway, um, but this is part of what we're talking about. It slows you down. Slows your climb, so yeah. Pat and I are training. Yeah, every now day. okay. Now well, you did hard. sign up for it. Are you are you going to do? I the wanted hard, to make sure you... that it works. The the portal. Okay. Oh, I was like, wow, Dale <laughs> signed up. But, but shoot, I thought there was a breakthrough. Shoot. I'm not going to be last. No, <laughs> <laughs> I got to do beat day. Oh, no, uh, me and Pat will be first because we're driving the pace. We're driving car. the van. Yeah. Well, hopefully the roads aren't closed. The Oregon timber roads in the summertime. So we might anyway. take a pop shot at someone in the back of their leg or something, and then run through. I got hit with a BB gun. What the hell? <laughs> Speed up. Colbert, knock it off. Stop loading that shotgun with salt pellets. Anyway. You're lagging. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, I'm really excited about our Men in the Arena Facebook forum. We've got that thing is over 82, 8,300 guys. It's growing by 1,000 every month. It's just taking off. And what's going to happen is it'll grow 2,000, 3,000, 4,000. Uh, this podcast is really cool. Three months ago, we had our highest number of downloads. Two months ago, we had our highest number of downloads. Last month, we had our highest level of down. Every month, we are growing uh, exponentially, and uh, it's really been fun to be a part of. And then uh, I haven't been saying a whole lot about this, guys, but the book that I just finished, The Man Card, Five Characteristics Separating Men from Boys, we haven't done a whole lot besides selling it at conferences. 
but we're having our official book launch party on June 24th, which is going to be really exciting. Somewhere here in McMinnville, Oregon. So you're more than welcome to come, you guys. We've got we're going to be giving away some uh, glasses uh, along with the book, and we're going to have a meal, and it's going to be a great time. So uh, have a I'd love to have you guys come all over from all over the country, and. Um, yeah. The venue only holds 100, so it's just kind of a local thing, but it should be a great event. So anyway, hey, I'm excited today for our guest, and I want to tell you about him. Uh, now, Steve, I don't – are you – where do you live? You're in Indiana, right? Yep, northwestern Indiana. Okay, I didn't ask that before, so I apologize. So we're here with Steve Etner. He is uh, 57 years old, married to his wife Heather for 37 years. Ooh, ooh. Marital bliss. <laughs> <laughs> Not really true. We'll find out more about that later. Uh, he has uh, four children, two boys, two girls, and 10. He's 57, has 10 grandchildren. How many do you have? I got none. None, and you're 60. 60 almost 61. <laughs> Your kids, are got, they got to get on the ball Jeez. here. Holy cow. Okay. So he's a uh, his occupation is a purity coach, author, and national speaker. He's authored four books, Extreme Mind Makeover, How to Transform Sinful Thoughts and Habits. The Pure Man's Devotional Guide, A Biblical Toolbox for Purity. Are You a Superman? Becoming God's Man of Steel. And Removing the Eye from Life, How to Depose and Dethrone King Me. So his accomplishments are the he developed the Purity app, which is being used by guys around the world, and his mission in life is to help men in their struggle and their battle against lust, his desires for them to be free, uh, but... He realizing there's a, there's issues there, and so uh, he wants to equip men to live in purity, integrity, and godliness. And so, Steve, glad to have you on the show, man. How you doing, dude? I'm doing great, and it's an honor to be with you guys. How's the weather over there in uh, Indiana? It is sunny. It is in the upper 70s. Couldn't ask for more. Oh well, outside it looks like Oregon. Yeah. So it's uh, <laughs> green, green, and gray, and, and green. green. <laughs> Those are our na- our state colors, green and green, green and gray. Green and gray. What did I say? Grain and green? Yeah. Grain? Oh, anyway, sorry. Let's take sorry. a nap. At least you got I, the R in there. Wow, I need another cup of coffee. Anyway, hey, we're going to throw you in, Steve, to our rapid fire round. Awesome. And so what I've done is I have, uh, for you, I have selected the stoic round. And so I I went that route because I know you've thought a lot about men and coaching men through, with purity. So I thought you would uh, be really good at this round. So I've got six questions for you. And uh, these are right. uh, just kind of broad spectrum, uh, philosophical in some level. And so I'm going to yeah, ask you this question. Keep, keep in mind, Jim, keep in mind, you said rapid round. I'm 57. Rapid for me is not what most guys would define as rapid. Yeah, that's true. So what we should <laughs> we should say spray and pray. <laughs> Wait, no, we're not talking about going to the bathroom. Okay, no. anyway. All right, here we go, here we go. Who's your greatest hero and why? My greatest hero actually is uh, Superman. Really? <laughs> Believe it or not, yeah. Uh, I know he's a fictional character, but uh, growing up as a kid, I loved him. Um, you know, he could do what I was. I, I could only dream to do. And um, and actually, that's the, was the motivation behind my book, Are You Superman? But uh, uh, the, man, dude, the ability to to look through walls, the ability to fly, the ability to stop a bullet—I mean, who doesn't want that? Yeah, I hear you. Well, I'm glad you said fictional character. I was a little nervous. <laughs> now you do know about Santa Claus, right? I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know, I just I was on the f- plane flying over to Worcester. And uh, last weekend, and I watched Justice League, I think it was, and I thought yep. Superman was dead. 
And so it was kind of <laughs> cool to see, uh, I don't want to be a spoiler there, but just to see what's going on with Superman. So that was pretty fun. All right, what's your all-time favorite quote and why? My all-time favorite quote is this, we do what we do because in our heart we want what we want. We want what we want because we believe what we believe. Don't ask me who who started that, but uh, I love that because it's just so real. It, it helps me keep focused on what is it, why am I doing what I'm doing? You know, okay, I'm I, writing I, this down. We do what we do because we want what we want because we believe what we believe? Yes. Can you unpack that? That's powerful. Well, I mean, the bottom line is is what's our motivation for doing what we do? Uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, guys will say, you know, I don't know why I did that. Um, you know, I, I don't understand, but, but there's a motivation behind it. Um, it's because I'm wanting something. So I do what I do because I want what I want. Well, my wants are based off of my beliefs. That's you know, if, if I believe that this is going to make me happy, then I want that, and so I'm going to start pursuing that. I'm going to come back to that because you're sure. you're hitting the nail on the head, in my opinion. Uh, <clears throat> I work with a lot of guys. In fact, Dale and I, uh, we just ran into a guy the other day, and and uh, I remember uh, this guy was in some really deep sin stuff, and he kept calling it relapsing. And I'm like, okay, it's not really relapsing when you're choosing to do the same behavior over and over right. again, and you weren't right. addicted to it six months ago, but now you're all into this behavior it's called uh, sin, you know, and so and so his <laughs> yep. shi- he had a shift in mindset and uh, paradigm and his a uh, paradigm shift in his belief system. Anyway, that's good, 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 good. Okay, so what piece of advice? Now I know that you've got something here, but what piece of advice would you give your twenty year old self? <laughs> Man, dude, just a, a gazillion uh, things run through my mind there. Um, I think off the top of my head, I would say. Um. Uh, lighten up. Lighten and, you know, up. Yeah, light, lighten up. I mean, when I was twenty, I was so intent on what would make me happy, and I was—that's what I was pursuing. And uh, I missed life. It, it just blew blew past me because I was so focused on King Me. That's really. Inter- I wouldn't have guessed that answer for you. That, that's interesting. <laughs> that is really, really interesting. Lighten up. Okay. Good. 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 Okay. Uh, what do you think? Here, question four. What do you think, Steve, that this world needs more of? Oh, the, immediately it comes off the top of my head is God. More of God, yeah. Ex- yeah. Explain that, because I've got some theories about this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, well, keeping in mind with with the guys that that I coach and I work with, um, you know, they they've got a lot of crap in their life, a lot of junk that that that's just buried them and um a lot of it is just simply because king me is sitting on the throne of their heart and uh they they'd enjoy life more if they'd get their eyes off of me and put it on god that's really good man i'm going to come back to that because i've got uh something i've noticed and i go to these men's events and uh speaking to these men and i make this particular statement and the guys get really awkward and uncomfortable with this particular mm-hmm. statement. So I'm going to come back to it in a second. Hey, if I gave you $20,000 and you could only spend it on a two-week vacation with your wife, mm-hmm. where would you go? What would you do? Disney. World or land? World. 
Never been to Disneyland. I've never been to Disney World, so <laughs> I heard it's a lot better. That's like multiple lands in one. Yeah, but but what I would actually do is is probably I'd couple that together with a Disney cruise. So why oh. Disney? What's talk to me? That'd be great. Um, it's just it's a very family friendly environment. Um, it's a safe and secure environment, but it's everything they do is top notch. Yeah, uh, yeah. Th- there isn't anything that that's not, and so you just you get this total immersion experience that is absolutely awesome. What's your favorite ride at Disney World? Rock and roller coaster. Oh, now did you do you guys? Uh, now I'm I'm a Disneyland guy, so I, uh, forgive me for so weak sauce. But what have, do you guys have? Pirates of the Caribbean at Disney World. Yep. Yep, See, to me, that's my favorite. Mine I, too. I just love that ride. It's my all-time favorite. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. I just put myself in there. I'm like, rawr, rawr, you know, yeah. Pirates like for me. Yeah. And my high school, I'm always a pirate. It's my favorite. The, 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 this, my number two would be the Tower of Terror. I don't know. Is that in, in California? So the, we had the Haunted House. Wait, no. There we is a Tower, Tower of Terror, Terror on California Adventure California now. Adventure's got yeah. it. I've not yeah. been in that, that's though. That's pretty awesome. Okay. That's good. Okay. We used to have passes for the... For Disneyland, but um, yeah, that's good. So, would you when you're when you're talking about this, this vacation with your wife? Are you thinking grandchildren and children, or what are you thinking? Uh, well, my wife would be thinking <laughs> grandchildren for sure. Okay, okay. Um, you know, your question was with my wife. That's that's where I would go, <laughs> and she'd be pushing. She would want to go and bring the grandchildren. Yep, good, yep. Good. Not now. Understand. I would love to have the grandkids there too. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, you know. No, I understand. No, I got you. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think our my wife's answer would be very different than that one, but uh, still awesome. All right, here we go. Last one. What is your biggest regret in life? My biggest regret in life is, and this will probably be what we'll talk about here coming up. Uh, my biggest regret in life is um, the pornography addiction that I had. That I, I gave myself heart and soul to that, and if I could do it all over again, I would change it completely. Well, you know, when I read when I read your story on the website, I, yeah, I've heard these stories many, many times before, mm-hmm. but in your story, I was calling you names and like cussing you out. <laughs> I'm like, this guy, I was a jerk. This guy's well, that was jerk would be part of it was a stronger phrase I was thinking, but. <laughs> I was. I really did. I did. You had some cojones. Your story yeah. was really, really, wow. The, it's to, you're, wow. I'm just. It was. You guys got to go to his website. What's the website? Puritycoach.com. The, the Puritycoach.com. Go check out his Steve's testimony. I mean, there's no holds barred. It's very, very. Uh, what's powerful to me, Steve, is the swing that you made. From mm-hmm. one side to the other, but you know what? Let's forget this. Let, instead of them going to the website, why don't you? And I don't want you to throw yourself under the bus too far, but why don't you walk us through your story and how it's led you to this point? Um, you, you got about five hours. I'll give you. <laughs> I'll give you some time. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, in, in a nutshell, capsulizing it. Um, uh, although I grew up in a Christian home and uh, you know was was taught from the Bible. Um, I did not have a, a relationship with God, and, and that's key to this whole story. Um, but <clears throat> bottom line is, is um, at the age of 13, I was exposed to my first uh, Playboy magazine, and um, it, it just hooked me, uh, dragged me in hook, line, and sinker. And um, the, the addiction uh, just 
it, it, it's not like I waded in, I dove in. And, um, so, uh, all throughout, uh, high school, I was, uh, constantly going to the local drugstore, getting up enough gumption to go in, grab a magazine and, and head out. Um, by the time I got to college, um, I, the addiction was in its full swing. I ended up, um, uh, having, uh, sexual relationships with, with women on campus. And, uh, by the time I got married, um, I was I was deeply entrenched in it. My wife knew nothing about it, and uh, it um, it became something that I didn't want her to know anything about it because uh, you know I, I was terrified. Um, in and of itself, that's an entire story. But um, at the age of twenty three, uh, I, I ended up going into the pastorate and uh, became a senior pastor of a small church in the foot of the Catskill Mountains in New York, and um, I continued to feed my addiction just constantly uh, looking at porn. By that point in time, uh, VHS was coming out, and um, the uh, um, addiction continued to feed itself. I, I, I started looking for um, actual experiences, so I started having affairs. Um, eventually, my uh, wife found out. We ended up going to a counselor um, who that counselor um, meant well, but uh, he, the entire time that he was talking with me, he, he just ripped me up one side and down the other. Yeah, uh, told me what an absolutely horrible person I was. Well, I knew that, Jim. That's why I went there. I wanted some help, and uh, it, it got so bad that my wife, who had just found out that I had a lifelong addiction, who had just found out that I had an affair, um, her heart's broken, and she stands up in that pastor's office, puts her hands on his desk, leans forward. And begins to holler at him, defending me. Whoa! You know that 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 should never have happened. And uh, we we headed home from that meeting, saying we're never coming back. Uh, he doesn't understand. He can't help us. And uh, I promised her up one side and down the other that I've got this. I, I'm going to fix this. It's never going to be a problem again. But so the you, problem is, I go ahead. So you were you entered the ministry at 23. How old were you at this point? Um, at that point, I would have been 27. And you'd already had several different women you've brought into your life through adultery? Is that what you're saying? Several different women I brought into my life through pornography. One woman that I brought in through adultery. Okay, because you had said affairs. That That's why I was confused. Okay. Yeah, and and well, and I can clarify that a little bit later, um, uh, because that, that's an interesting point that we might want to discuss. But uh, uh, So I, I hid my, my addiction. I hid my sin. For, uh, successfully for a while. Um, but uh, interesting thing in the Old Testament, in the book of Numbers, <clears throat> chapter 32, verse 23, says, be sure your sin will find you out. Yeah. And um, it, it did. It resurfaced. <clears throat> and it resurfaced because I'd had another affair. Oh, gosh. Okay. And um, so uh, we went to see another counselor. <clears throat> Excuse me. This one was a professional counselor. You had to pay money every time we sat down uh-huh. to talk with him. And he had Christian in the name, so I'm thinking, I'm going to get some good counsel here. And um, I don't remember how many sessions we went to. My wife probably could tell us, but um, I, I do remember that it was what I call mushy-gushy stuff. Uh-huh. You know, let's get in touch with your feelings. Let's talk about your past. Let's talk about mommy and daddy. And, and, and don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying those are bad things, but not exclusively. And as a man, I, I just I checked out. 
You know, I was there physically. I gave the nods and the appropriate man grunts you know, uh-huh, to, to make uh-huh. the guy think that I was paying attention. Yeah. Uh, but bottom line, I, I, I wasn't. And uh, <clears throat> we kind of decided that wasn't helping. So we, we stopped that. And again, I promised my wife that uh, we would, um, I, I would fix this. I, I now know what's wrong and it's never going to happen again. But I was lying through my teeth. Because I didn't want to fix it, I, I enjoyed my addiction, and so um, I had uh, with that second affair, um, I had been caught, uh, been kicked out of the ministry, and and rightly so. Um, so now I'm just working a regular job, um, and uh, internet porn is now a big thing. So I'm starting to latch on to that, um, end up acting out again and having another affair. And uh, so we go see another pastor. Third, third woman now. Third woman, yeah. So these we are all different another... women. This isn't the same woman correct. over and over. Wow. Okay. That is correct. Yep. So we go see another pastor um, who had certificates on his wall of, of training and counseling, <clears throat> and we sat down. And Jim, I'm not exaggerating in any way, stretch of imagination. Um, for the first couple of sessions, he sat there, pointed his finger at my wife, and said it was all her fault. Oh, oh that, that swings! From, only, wow, that's pendulum swung from the first session. Okay, yeah, wow. And and um, you know, if she had only performed properly, she'd only met my needs. None of this would have happened. And of course, in the mindset that I'm in, I love that counsel. Yeah, but it was destroying my wife, and I was watching it just eat, eat away at her. And so eventually, we left that uh, counseling. And um, again, I promised I'll fix this. Um, but I didn't. And you need to understand that this addiction will always take you farther than you want to go and cost you more than you want to pay. Mm. And uh, I don't just mean financially. Um, and uh, it, it, it became worse and worse and worse for me. I was spiraling downward, um, turning to uh, more grotesque forms of pornography. And, and um, uh, by all intents and purposes, Today, I should either be in jail or dead because of the stupid, idiotic decisions that I was making during that time frame. Um, but uh, 15 years ago, God brought a guy into my life by the name of Roger. And uh, Roger's not a counselor, professional counselor. He's not a pastor, just a guy who loves God. And uh, Roger heard my story. And um, he didn't rip me up one side and down the other. Didn't hand me a bunch of mushy-gushy stuff. Didn't point a finger and tell me whose fault it was. He just opened up the Bible, and together we started reading God's Word. And um, over a process of time, my thinking began to change. And as my thinking began to change, my behavior began to change. And uh, today, uh, next month, Heather and I are going to be celebrating our 37th anniversary. Wow. My wife has not left me. My marriage is intact. My my kids uh, have respect for me again, and uh, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm in full time ministry, full time service, reaching to guys all across the globe, sharing my testimony and helping them with with their addictions. And so, yeah, in a nutshell, that's my story. And at one point, probably the last stage, you actually brought the woman to your wife to tell her you were leaving her for that woman, yep. right? Yep, but now we, you walked had, out of that meeting with your wife, though, didn't you? No, I walked out of that meeting with that other woman still. But uh, what, what happened in that meeting, um, we, we, I had called my wife to say, I'm done with the marriage. I'm out of here. I want to come get my stuff. She said, can we at least talk? And as she was um, 
talking with me over the phone. She said, well, before you do that, let's at least meet and let's talk. Uh-huh. So we agreed to meet. We met at a local restaurant. And um, I slipped into the booth with this gal that uh, I was having the affair with, wrapped my arms around her. She had her head on my shoulder as my wife came in and sat across from us. As soon as my wife sat down, I went into a tirade, and I just told her how much I hated her. I didn't love her. She made me sick. I've never loved And just, I went off. And um, to her credit, my dear sweet wife sat there, did not shed a tear, did not get angry. As soon as I was done, she just looked at me. She said, Steve, I still love you. Oh, <laughs> what do you do with that? <laughs> and 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 uh, But at that point in time, I wasn't ready to break. I still wanted out of the marriage. And um, so she said, listen, if this is what you really want, then you at least need to come home and tell your kids why you're leaving and say goodbye to them. And um, there's another whole story there. But right after that moment when I, I came home, um, God started turning some things around. Uh, but I was so flooded with guilt that I attempted suicide. Oh, whoa. Um, and uh, yeah, and and ended up in a mental hospital for about a week and a half. What now? What uh, year was this meeting with your wife and this other woman in a restaurant with you? Oh uh, goodness, that would have been about twenty years ago. Okay, and so twenty years ago, this happened. At what you made you made a you made a comment, and I want to go back and track this down. Sure. You said I wasn't at my breaking point. So the question I have, Steve, is what was your breaking point? And I think you're right. I think we all have a breaking point. What, no matter what it is, we struggle with, right? So yep. the, fill in your sin of choice. What was your breaking point? And when, and when did this happen? It happened about five years later. And, and the breaking point was when I came to the realization that I can't fix it. That I just keep going back to the same thing. You know, the, the, what's the definition of insanity? Yeah, doing the you same know, thing ever and over same, yeah. and expecting different results. Yeah. And, and it finally hit me. I was insane. <laughs> Um, and, and it, a part of it was when my wife had, had looked me square in the eyes and said, if you can't get this taken care of, I'm out of here. So she finally had got to a point where she was done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just yeah. like, I hear a story and I'm going, okay. I mean, to, to, I mean, I'm not, again, I mean, I do lust is a struggle for me. I mean, I, for most guys I talk to at least, but when I hear these multiple women and multiple adulterous betrayals, that takes a lot of work. To go yeah. track these women down. I mean, I don't think you. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I've actually have never. I've always been faithful to my wife. But I'm thinking, man, if I wanted to track a woman down, that's not something that you just do. I mean, it's like yeah. there's you. You. I mean, you were pursuing so much stuff, s- sinful yeah. activity. There was creating a spiral for you, and you came to a breaking point. And so, uh, wow, that is. I just. I've written so much down here. You. You grew up in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want to go back to this because I want to. I want to track this down, and I want to jump on it and stab it here and put it to rest. So when we speak to men, and I just was at a place, and like I said, we were in Worcester last weekend, and I said, you know what? Going to church does not seem to make a difference in the lives of men and their sinful patterns, because I know some horrible, horrible men in churches, the pornography of pastors who struggle with pornography is very like seventy percent. You know, so you've mm-hmm. got pastors who are struggling. You've got me- people who are, you know, divorce rates in the church are just as high as out of the church. And so, uh, when I speak to men, I say, you know, pursuing God passionately is the the kind of the summit of our man card definition. However, 
it doesn't seem to affect men in the church. And so I'm really concerned because I know some great dads and great men outside of the church who don't believe in mm-hmm. God. And I know yep. some real a-holes in the church yep. who say they love God. And I'm going, well, I got these guys in the church saying God matters and God makes a difference and God changed my life. But they're worse men than these guys who are not in the church. So <laughs> yeah. the the truth of what I've experienced in life creates conflict within me. Now, I know the answer. But I want to ask you the question. You said we your quote, your favorite quote, we do what we do because we want what we want, because we believe what we believe. Well, it appears to me that men in the church today don't believe what they believe. Exactly. So what's the problem here? What's the cure? What's the solution? How do we how do we and, and you actually said it earlier in the podcast, but I'm not going to quote you again. I want you to explain this. Why is there such a tension? between what guys say they are in the church and what their marriages play out and what their st- the statistics play out and what reality plays out. What have you seen, Steve? Because you're dealing with guys in the mire, baby. What, what are yep. you seeing yep. here? What, what's, the, what's the change? What's the, what gets these guys to the breaking point where they go, okay, this life is killing me right now? What, what, how, do we, how do we bridge the gap between men in the church and what they actually believe? You know, you you ask a question that that has uh, answers on on multiple levels, yeah. but let, let let me just kind of do a real quick summarization. Um, anytime I sit down with with a guy to coach him, my very first time, very first meeting that we have, I make this statement uh, after he's he shared with me his story. I say, okay, the problem is not pornography. The problem is not lust. The problem is not masturbation. You can put in whatever sin issue you want to talk about, whatever we struggle with. That's not the problem. That is a byproduct of the actual problem. Yeah. The actual problem is a worship disorder. Ooh. I'm worshiping the wrong thing. My focus is on me. What's going to make me happy? What's going to bring me pleasure? I want, I need, I deserve and and there there's three things and let me go through this very very quickly but there are three things that when king me is sitting on the throne of my heart that happens simultaneously and this is what every one of us struggle with i don't care whether you're in the church or out of the church this this is a a man thing perfect three things that i struggle with number 1 when king me is sitting on the throne of my heart i am worshiping king me everything i think everything i say everything i do is all about me so even in my marriage, even as I'm raising my kids, as I'm, I'm advancing in my career, if King Me is on the throne of my heart, it's all about me. Well, and you know, you bring up a point that I share a lot with guys in the in the in America. You know, we're we're rugged individualists, right? We're this this mm. we're really applauded for the American dream, and and really most guys can achieve it if they're willing to work hard. And one of the things I tell guys. Uh, that really ties into what you said is the problem with the self-made man is he worships his creator. Mm-hmm. And we've yep. created a church in our our country that is very consumeristic in nature, which is we will meet your needs. So mm-hmm. now I'm going to that church because it meets my needs. So that church is no longer about God, about worshiping Jesus. That church is now about taking care of my needs, which makes me self-made, which makes me the worship subject of my worship and not God. And that's why you have these rock and roll concerts and you have this uh, watered down thing going on because it's all about 
helping these people out there who are living like they are God to make them feel like they are the God they want to be. So it's a huge right. problem in the church, right? Which is why right. we well, have they, divorce rates are the same in and out of the church. Exactly. And and here's the problem too is if all week long I'm worshiping King Me, you know, you know, Jim, I, I don't go to work to church to worship. I bring my worship with me. Oh, that's good. And, yeah. And, and so if I've been worshiping me all week long, I can't walk through the doors of my church and flip a switch and now I'm worshiping God. Yeah. I'm still worshiping me just in a different way. Yeah. Um, so, so let's go back to those three things. The first one is I'm, if, when King Me's on the throne of my heart, I'm going to worship King Me. Gotcha. The second one is this. When King Me's on the throne of my heart, I'm going to expect you to worship King Me because, hey, I'm the king. And, and so that is where the conflict in marriage occurs. That's where um, children and their parents butt heads. Uh, that's where conflict in the workplace happens. Is because I'm the king, so you need to be seeing it my way. You need to be doing it my way, and if you're not, I'm going to make sure that you suffer. That's very powerful, because once we're able to turn it around, you know, I tell people over and over again, I really became a man, and my marriage changed when I chose in 1995 to outlove and outserve my wife. Mm-hmm. What you would say is, well, what you really decided to do is get your butt off the throne. <laughs> right? Yep. And then yep. put Jesus on the throne. And now because he's on the throne and I'm modeling my life after him, even though I was a pastor, football coach, mentor, I was still a boy, right? And my needs will yep. take care of me, right? So, okay, right. so I worship right. me. I expect you to worship me. What else when I'm on the throne? What's the third one? Here's the third one. And in my personal opinion, the most powerful one. Because when I'm on the throne, when I, when it's all about king me, I'm going to expect God to worship King me. Hmm. And, and just let that one ruminate for a little bit and think about that because, um, you know, hey, God, I, I, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm living a good life. I'm, I'm going to church and putting money in the offering plate. I'm serving you. I'm, I'm taking care of my kids. I'm being a good husband. So why aren't you blessing me? Yeah. God, you owe me. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> That, well, and so, you know, yeah. really, what you've done here is you've, for lack of a better word, you've 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 kind of made this a Christian or religious thing. But really, it doesn't even have to be that thing. If I'm if yep. I'm on the throne, if it's about you thinking I'm the guy, I'm not going to serve my. It doesn't matter what I believe. I'm not going to serve my wife. I'm not going to give myself to my wife. I'm going to expect other people to serve and worship me. I've created this life where I'm the centerpiece of the world. And really, in a lot yep. of it. You know, we, we we do a lot of millennial generation bashing, but what has happened with the millennial parents is we have said everything in our family is going to resolve, revolve around you. You are the sun and we are the planets. And it's mm-hmm. created this, this, this worship of the child, right? And yep. so what you're saying is it's the same thing with us as men. We create this thing where it's about me and my needs. It's, it's like we're little immature seagulls. Mine, 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 right? And so, no, that's really <laughs> yep, good, Steve. Yep. So, I, okay, so I again, uh, I love that answer of getting myself out of the way. Um, I do have some questions here. You had talked about in your story, how are we doing on time, Dale? We're doing all right? Yeah. We had, in our, your story, you talked about adultery, uh, like you were, you were committing adultery regularly. And so my question, and again, we know it all comes back to you're on the throne. You worship you. You want God to worship you. You want your wife to worship you. 
my question is, what is the correlation in your story between your adultery and your addiction to because you were addicted, would you say? Would you say you were addicted to pornography? And right before oh, yeah. you answer that, let's do a commercial break. The Man Card Podcast is a five hundred one c three nonprofit organization that's building an army of men who are becoming the best version of themselves and changing their world. The war to change your world is epic. Every battle counts, and every man in the arena matters. So get in the game by joining our closed Facebook forum for men called the Men in the Arena. There. You'll lock arms with men from all around the world who are stepping up as their best version. What is a man? What does he do? How does he live? When does he know when he's crossed over from male to man? The lines defining manhood have become blurred, and guys today are more confused than ever. That's why I wrote the man card, five characteristics separating men from boys. Guys, you're going to love this book. Go to the Great Hunt for God app or mancardpodcast.com and pick up a copy today. No book written defines manhood in such a way as this. I'll put the man card next to any book ever written on the topic. Yes, I believe it's that good. In the man card, I expose several myths of manhood and draw a line in the sand between men and males. This book will change your life. Guys, thank you so much for jumping into the arena with us today and championing the greatest battle of our time. Become your best version. Join the fight to change your world because when you get it, everyone wins. All right, we're back. So, the, so what was the correlation between your addiction and your adultery? With with the addiction, basically, the bottom line is, and without getting technical and uh, boring everybody, um, the the brain, uh, when when looking at porn, when masturbating, when having sex, the brain is releasing six different hormones: hmm. dopamine, serotonin, serotonin, norepinephrine, and cathlons, oxytocin, and vasopressin. And those, when we talk about addiction, that's actually what we're addicted to is the hormones. We're not addicted to the porn. You know, it, it'd be like saying an alcoholic is addicted to the bottle or a heroin addict is addicted to the needle. No, they're addic- the, the bottle and the needle are the tools that's delivering the drug. So porn and lust and masturbation, those are the tools that are delivering the drug, releasing those hormones. But unlike an alcoholic or unlike a drug addict, um, for, for those, um, a person who's addicted to alcohol, they have to have more and more and more to get the same high. Same thing with a drug addict. They have to have more and more and more to get the same high. But when you're addicted to uh, pornography, more pornography isn't going to give you the same high. You have to have different. You're always on the search for different. So you would say that pornography... I understand you're saying it is not the same as the other drugs, but in this area, it is the same. It is progressive in nature. Is that what you're saying? Only it's progressive in a more deadly form. I I think what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, so you said you want, you don't want more, you want different. Right. And so as a result in my answer to your question is the pornography led to the affairs because I needed different. The porn wasn't meeting my needs anymore. Notice my needs. And so you went from uh, a hobbyist to an addict to different types of porn to now you need a real woman to act out your addiction to uh, self-worship. Correct. Wow. Okay, so... And and here's something else to be thinking about, Jim. Um, And and I want to be careful in this statement, but I believe, this, this is just my opinion, 
But I believe that the porn industry is is the only industry or one of the very few industries that thrive on client dissatisfaction. Wow. Think about that. They explain thrive explain on, that for our listeners. They, they thrive off of you not being satisfied with the product because you're going to keep coming back and coming back and coming back and coming back because it's not meeting your needs. And so the thought process is, I need different. What else is there that's out there? So you keep going for more and more, but the more is always different. When I first started off looking at porn, um, you know, I could, I could look at one page on a Playboy magazine and get off. I, you know, that, that was it. And as I progressed or digressed in this addiction, it was, uh, you know, two magazines. Um, on the internet, it was 20 minutes looking at the internet, then an hour, and then five hours, and then all day long. Um, and, well, and this is a, because I was on the hunt. Yeah. Well, when I remember when I, was, I was a young kid, we were exposed to porn. My neighbor across the street's dad, who's a car guy, and the guys, he had a stack, of, and it was Playboy, and then it was Penthouse, and then it was Hustler. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and so there was yeah. a progression even there, right? Well, now we live in a world where the computer, it's all there. So here's here's a question. Now, I think, Steve, you and I would both agree that we, if we get ourselves off the throne, we begin to battle these demons. Right. And I think you and I would also agree that if I go and look at porn one time, it's wrong. I think right, we would correct. agree with that. Okay. Correct. Okay. So with that understanding, I want to be really careful t- for us to agree with me that, that that one view is wrong. However, my question is this. At what point in your life or at what point does a man who's a occasional becoming an addict when is that now agreeing that we need to stop this but at what point is it beginning to spin out of control that you have discovered have you noticed there are two different types of users yeah or no i don't know i'm asking the question yeah there's a casual user um who you know maybe once a month once every other month um is is spending some time looking um but it, it doesn't go from there to a full addict yeah, there, there's a process and, and the process is not the same for every guy. Uh, um, some of it depends on accessibility. Yeah. Some of it depends on time. Uh, you know, when is he free to be able to look? Why is he looking? Um, but the bottom line is, is this. Every guy who is even a casual user and any guy who is looking at pornography is running the risk of becoming addicted to pornography. That's really good. That's absolutely true. And and so what I what I would say to all the listeners out there is you you could be just one view away from becoming addicted. That is horrifying. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Well, you know, and for us, we have a, a link to Covenant Eyes on our uh, app and our website. And awesome, what I have awesome found is website. that that link, that Covenant Eyes, I know for myself, for Pat Dale, we have it on our phones. We're all accountability partners. Just having that link is a safeguard. But now mm-hmm. when I travel, Dale always comes with me. I always take somebody with me. And we were just talking the other day, and I noticed on the TV is uh, HBO. And I thought, okay, HBO, late night, some of those shows on there, without a guy with me, safeguarding that there's a potential problem does that make sense so trying to guard against those problems and so uh, i was cracking up when you when you do your seminar pitch 
for these yeah. Iron Sharpens Iron conferences, you get up yeah. there and you just throw it out there, man, and the whole room goes silent. And you're like, pornography, lust, and masturbation. And once you throw the masturbation word out there, the M word, yeah. it, it just kind of gets real out there. Yeah. So yeah. Wh- where, where you know, and there are some major Christian uh, leaders that think masturbation is, is a tool, it's good, it's not mentioned in Scripture. Mm-hmm. What What is... And we had Dave Mendenhall on here, who is a recovering sex addict, who does a lot with Celebrate Recovery, and he had a great take on masturbation. What is your take on masturbation for uh, the single guy uh, versus the married guy? When is it wrong? When is it bad? When is is it ever wrong? Is it ever bad? I mean, what is your stance? Because you you talk about this often, and yeah. um, what what are your thoughts on masturbation? You're really putting me out there on the thin branch, aren't you? Oh, how do you think I feel, buddy? <laughs> I'm asking <laughs> well, a question. <laughs> yeah, let's go there together then. Yeah, um, let's now, do it. Seriously, you know, I don't see anywhere in Scripture where God says that masturbation is sin. Um, but what I what I do say to guys when they start talking with me about masturbation, and, and I am very free and open to talk about that because it's a very real topic. It's a very real issue that, that men struggle with, whether they want to admit it or not. Um, but where I go with it is this. When you're masturbating, what is going on in your head? Can, can you masturbate yeah. while thinking about flowers? Well, in our, can, can in you in our youth, we had can, kids that would talk about, think about white clouds. <laughs> if I think about white clouds, it's okay. Because <laughs> um, the bottom line is uh, the act of masturbation is acting out the lust that's been going on in my heart, in my head. Yeah. And, and so the real issue isn't masturbation. The real issue is what am I worshiping? What, what's going on inside my head? Just like the real issue isn't pornography. It's who's on the right. throne, right? Yep. Wow. Yep. That, that is really... That, well, let's, let's do this. Let's, I think that we've uh, really addressed kind of some of the symptoms and stuff really well. Let's let's go back to the problem, and you are you have the website thepuritycoach.org? Com. Dot com. Com, thepuritycoach.com, where guys can pay a real minimal fee, in my opinion, to I mean, I think you're very, very fair on your price. And guys mm-hmm. will coach you will coach guys to help them overcome these things. I don't know if these guys are calling you with a full-blown addiction. I don't know if they're hobbyists, but they're calling you and you're coaching these guys. And and so what are you what are you finding with these guys that call that that is helping them the most? Um when when first of all, when guys call me, typically the reason they're reaching out is cuz they're in crisis mode. Okay. They've been caught. Um, their wife is threatening uh, divorce. Um, they're about to lose their job. Um, I, I had one pastor that uh, called me. He was in crisis mode because he was driving down the road with his phone in his hand, looking at pornography, and slammed into the back of another car. Um, you know, it's just it, <laughs> you, you name it. The, the stories are out there, but but we're in crisis mode. And so what they're coming to me asking, wanting is. I need to fix this. How do I fix this? And, and the, the goal of what I call my point of purity program is to help them understand it's not a fix. It's not a light switch. It's not a do this, do this, stop doing this, and you're all, you're all better. It's a process of changing the way we think, getting King Me off the throne, 
And so uh, through the program that we offer, the Point of Purity program, um, it's a minimum of a three-month commitment uh, where guys committing to meeting with me for an hour a week uh, for a minimum of three months. And um, the, the, the beauty of the day and age we live in is technology enables us to do this globally. Um, I've had the privilege and honor, and this is not patting myself on the back. Please understand this. But the privilege and honor of working with guys in China, uh, in Australia, in uh, the Netherlands. Uh, I just, just got a phone call. Jim, this is great. This blows me out of the water. I just got a phone call last week uh, on my cell phone, a string of numbers, no clue where it's coming from. I answer the phone, and in broken English, the guy is calling me from Nigeria. Wow. Letting me know that he has my app and that he and three other guys from his village gather around the app and they listen to my podcast and they watch the videos and they do the Bible studies and was just thanking me mm. from Nigeria uh, on, on the ministry and how it's impacting his life. Well, that's um, awesome. And this is being played in Australia as well as America, so you might get some more hits. So, so you mean it's not just an American problem? No, no, it, it is. So, it is so, not. <laughs> well, you said you said something here, and I'm going to dig deeper here. It sounds like for me, if I were to call you and say, "Hey, hey, Steve, I want you to be my purity coach," you're going to do two things. You're this is what I'm hearing. Two things sounds yep. pretty simple to me. You're going to get me off the throne, and you're going to change the way I think. Is that true? Yep. Okay, yep. so let's well, let, let, me, let me back that okay. up. Let me back that up. I'm going to Christianize it for a moment here because I'm going to help you to know how God will help you change the way you think and get you off the throne. Okay, so let's let's camp there for the rest of this podcast. So you're going to get let's get me off the throne, King me. Now you and I have a. I think Steve, we agree that the porn problem in the church is. At, at, I think the only difference between pornography in the church and out of the church is that a man with any kind of Christian training realizes what he's doing is wrong. Where right. I've met with men out of the church, and they're like, "Wait, it's not wrong." They have porn libraries. They watch porn with their wife. They make love to the to their wife with porn. They have I don't even know if they've when I was growing up, they had stacks of magazines. So I don't yep. know what they yep. even have nowadays. I'm just not in that world right now. But well, do you, do you know that um, a recent statistic that just came out? Uh, a survey was done nationally of ages 18 to 34, and it they the those that were surveyed, the results are that they feel it's more immoral to not recycle than it is to look at porn. Yeah, it's just seen as just part of the world we live in, right? Yeah, And so, and we've, yeah, and so, so, and I think we may not believe that cognitively in the church, but we practice that. Generally speaking, the only difference is the Christian guys hide it. Where the other yep. guys, it's out there for the world to display. So king me off the throne, and then you're going to change the way I think. So what? So okay. So I'm a guy. I'm I'm living in the stress bubble. I'm driving to work. I'm listening to this podcast, which is most of our guys. And mm-hmm. I've got. A, I'm a hobbyist porn guy, uh, but more than that, my marriage is a wreck. I'm not serving in the church. I don't give a nickel to the to the work of the kingdom. I've, I, I'm on the throne, baby. I mean, I'm doing yeah. the church thing with my wife, but I'm on the throne. How are you going to kick me off? What do you, I'm a go to church. I would tell you I'm a Christian. Walk me through this. That's the hard case, right? Yeah, that's the hard case. And, and the bottom line is I can't change you. You can't change you. Only God can change you. And, and so I, through my story, through my testimony, I walk you basically the same journey that Roger walked me through. 
And the bottom line is this, uh, in, in the Old Testament, the book of Psalm 119, <clears throat> verse 11, it says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Go back to verse 10. Go back to verse 10. How can a young man is, keep his way pure by living according to your word? So yep, you, you, yep. so that's how it starts, and it finishes with, I've hidden your word in my heart. Okay, go ahead. Exactly. So, so the word heart there, in, in the original language that the Old Testament was written in, is, is the word that means mind. And, and so what he's saying is, yeah, it's the place where thinking and decision-making occurs. I didn't know that. And, and so what David is saying there is, I've memorized your word so that I will not sin against you. So one of the major things that we do with the guys is I've got very specific key Bible verses that, that they have to memorize. Um, and, and then in the moment of temptation, they now have the tool necessary to fight the temptation. It's funny because in King David in, in Psalm 51, yeah. it's about his repentance from his sin with Bathsheba. So maybe he learned something by Psalm 119, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Wow. So Okay, so so your your process is you're getting them to memorize passages of Scripture in the early on phases that deal with the Lordship of Christ. Right, because in, in, in the New Testament, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, the Apostle Paul said that we are to demolish arguments I love that. in every lofty opinion that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we're to take captive every thought and make each thought obedient to Christ. And the interesting thing is the word captive there really refers to using a sword, the point of a sword, to take captive your thoughts. Well, what sword has God given to us? It's the Word of God. And so uh, I'm to use Scripture to take captive my thoughts. Well, And so I'm, I'm oh, that's good. training and teaching these guys, not just to memorize the verses, but then how to use them in the moment of temptation. Well, I, I love the story of Genghis Khan when he uh, swept through China and, uh, and he broke through the Great Wall of China— and they said, well, what'd you do? How'd you get through the Great Wall? How'd you do that? We bribed the gatekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> and so what you're saying is we need to guard this stuff at the, at the forefront of our minds, like demolish strongholds, but we do that by taking captive these thoughts that come into our brain, and these triggers, and so let's say the triggers or whatever. Yeah, and, and here's one more verse for you, and it's again in the Old Testament. It's, it's in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, Above all else, guard your heart. And the word there, again, is mind. Above all else, guard your mind, for out of it spring the issues of life. What you think becomes what you do. So the most important thing you must do is guard your mind. Be careful what you allow yourself to think. And that means be careful what you allow yourself to see and what you allow yourself to hear because both of those things influence what you think. Well, now, I, I, I'm, I'm hearing all the things you're saying, and wholeheartedly, Steve, I'm agreeing with you, but I keep seeing those as number two, change the way I think. I'm still not, I'm still, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Only God can get a guy to get off the throne. But yeah. are, there, are there things that you use to push him off? I mean, is it, or is it just he comes to you in crisis mode and he's willing to do anything and it's an opportunity where the, you have low-hanging fruit to really speak to this guy? There, there are some things to push him off. For example, you mentioned covenant eyes. Um, I require all of the guys that I coach to have covenant eyes um, and to set me up along with one other person minimum as accountability partner. Um, they have to have, if they're married, they have to have a conversation with their wife. Yeah. Um, and I will walk through that with them. What does that look like? How do they do that? 
Um, if they're a pastor, they have to have a conversation with their, their board of elders or board of deacons. Yeah. And what does that look like? How do we do that? Um, but uh, the, and, and one of the things that I require of them is to uh, journal their temptation. So they actually are maintaining a journal uh, where they're recording the day and time that they're tempted. What was the temptation? What was the circumstances surrounding the temptation? I'm exhausted. I'm hungry. Uh, wife and I had a fight. Triggers. Yeah, exactly. What are the triggers? And then what action did you take, and why did you take it? Oh, this is really good, man. So, so I mean, I think you're right on the money here, Steve. I mean, I need to get off the throne. And then, okay, so now let's say I'm off the throne, and I'm still struggling with lust or gluttony or greed. What you would say is, well, maybe you're struggling with those in that moment because you're put trying to crawl. What did the what, uh, Romans twelve one? You know, therefore, my brothers, in view of God's mercies, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to the Lord. Well, they're living sacrifice. Yep. I'm yep. trying to crawl back up there. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is, is we're men. Yeah, and as long as we've got hanging between our legs what we got, and we're walking planet Earth, the bottom line is, is we're going to struggle. We're going to face these issues. We don't have to give in. Would you say, Steve, would you say, Steve, I love that word. I, I read an author, Gary Thomas, and he once said, the key sign of discipleship is our struggle against sin. Where when I was a young man, we celebrated sin. There was mm-hmm. no struggle. I celebrated it. But now I struggle to over... Would you say to guys who are struggling right now, be encouraged, brother, at least you're struggling? <laughs> or That's what, right. What? Yeah. So, so, yeah, bingo. I mean, you got it. Nailed it. Well, man, you know what? I, I don't know what... The time has gone. We're, we're out of time. <laughs> I do want to ask you one last question, Steve. I, I want to start asking this at the end of each podcast, but the Man Card podcast, our Man Card, I wrote a book called The Man Card. All of our curriculum is, is based on The Man Card, and we believe it's five things, protecting integrity, fighting apathy, pursuing God passionately, leading courageously, and finishing strong. Which of those five stands out to you the most pursuing god passionately talk to seek you. matthew six thirty three. seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and everything else falls into place you know you you almost don't want to make it that simple but it really is right i mean <laughs> if, if you're yeah. off the throne and you're pursuing god what we tell guys is you'll never become your best version without pursuing god you can become yeah. a great version We've seen great yep. versions yep. of men outside the church, but inside to pursue God is when you really have, and you have to do that every day. That's why we have ING, pursuing God passionately. So, right. man, right. that's so good. Hey, I I know that uh, lust is an issue. I know that getting my butt off the throne is an issue. I know we have guys listening to this podcast who maybe they're one view, one click, you know, uh, one set of brake lights away from a crisis. How can they get a hold of you, Steve? Um, they can either get onto my website, thepuritycoach.com, or can call me by dialing 717, the number 4 in the word purity. 717-4-PURITY. Yeah, I saw that originally when I had you on the podcast. Very few guys nowadays give you their personal number. And so that yeah. you are handing out these guys your personal number tells me how passionate you are about getting into the arena with these guys. Uh, I would invite you to go join our Men in the Arena page. We need some arena pastors like you who can deal with this issue. It's a huge problem with men. But the greater problem is not pornography, guys. The greater problem is 
who's on the throne of your life. And if you want to become your best version, you need to get off that throne. So, hey, Steve, thanks so much for sharing your wisdom, your experience, uh, being vulnerable with your story. And, uh, man, we just really appreciate you today. So uh, thank you so much. Thank you. And if I could end with one more thought, it would be this. Even if the guys that are listening, if they don't want to reach out to me, reach out to somebody. Don't keep it hidden. Talk about it. That's so good, man. Guys, you've been listening to the Man Card Podcast. Changing your world is the toughest thing you'll ever do. But we want to help you with three simple steps. First one, enlist. Download our free app. You'll On there, you'll find our Covenant Eyes link. You'll find messages, blogs, training videos, our Bible app, life-changing links for you. Also, subscribe to the Man Card Podcast if you haven't done so already. And lastly, join men from around the world on our closed Facebook group for men called the Men in the Arena. Man, you guys are going to love this page. Number two, guys, invest. Go to our gear page. Go somewhere. Go to pure, thepuritycoach.com. Get, spend money and invest in you becoming your best version. Do that as soon as you possibly can. You are worth it, guys. Your family's depending on you. And number three, change your world. Get involved in championing the causes of God in your life. Do that through the Great Hunt for God, through your local church, through your community. Because, guys, when you get it, everyone wins. Dead air. Men, join us in building an army of men in the arena who are becoming the best versions of themselves and changing their world. Let's see if we can do this next time. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. There we are. Feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. <laughs> what was that, a demon? Was that like aliens? Oh, coming out of your stomach. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man. This is Dale Culver, and you've been listening to the Man Card Podcast. Has your man card been challenged today? If you hunger to be the best version of you, then join the thousands of men around the country on our closed Facebook forum called The Men in the Arena. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of manhood. Also, make sure you ask about our newest equipping opportunity called The Man Card Weekend with The Men in the Arena. Let us inspire the men of your organization to become the best version of themselves today. And don't forget to purchase a copy of Jim's new book, The Man Card, Five Characteristics Separating Men from Boys. This is the best book out there that defines what a man is and does. In it, Jim combines his master storytelling abilities with his no-holds-barred style, distinguishing between men and boys. If you want to keep your man card, then pick up a copy of this life-changing book today. Simply go to the Great Hunt for God app or mancardpodcast.com and pick up a copy today. Thank you for listening to this episode, The Man Card Podcast. This is Dale Culver signing off. Until next time, join our army and become the best version of you. Get in the arena. Let the world feel the full weight of who you are. Grind it out. Be a man. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men for from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.